Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to the Digital Government Podcast. I'm your host, Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher. And today, I have with me Preet Winkel, who's a senior expert of uh, smart governance at eGovernance Academy. And uh, together, we will talk about the most recent uh, elections in Estonia and how internet voting was using there. Welcome, Preet. Yes, hello. So, Preet, just to give you, uh, to our audience, the general introduction, Preet has already uh, worked in the Estonian electoral management for about 15 years before joining uh, eGovernance Academy, and uh, specifically, he was the head of the Estonian state electoral office for uh, the six years just before uh, joining the think tank. So, uh, Preet, let's start... uh, With today's topic, that is internet voting, let's start from the general points, in the sense... Uh, internet voting is not a new thing. It's also not really like a new thing for, I believe, most parts of our audience, considering that uh, for long we've talked about the fact that we uh, that we hold elections also online in Estonia. So recently there has been indeed uh, the uh, the vote to renew the city council members, the mayors. How did it go this time in terms of uh, turnout? How many people voted online? Tell us something. Indeed, internet, internet voting is not, nothing new for the Estonians and this has been uh, possible for uh, more than 15 years already. The first time Estonians had the possibility to vote online was in 2005. Also local elections, the, the, the same local elections we had just, uh, just a couple of days ago when, when we were recording this. And uh, so we, we have had internet voting enhanced elections 12 times now so it's quite a long long time to to have uh, have elections like like that so it has settled in the um, let's say identity of the Estonian voter already and what we can say uh, so far is uh, that internet voting is there to stay or, or has established uh, itself already uh, and um, uh, for uh, couple of uh, elections already we have had uh, voters more than 40% of all votes uh, coming in electronically so still there's more votes coming in on paper but uh, already more than 40% uh, uh, come in electronically and in these elections we actually made exactly the, the same result as in uh, uh, in 2019 as we had a bit more than uh, 46% of all votes electronic now uh, we had the same ratio also in these uh, local elections 2019 where uh, internet voting was used for the european elections there were european two elections there. There, there there was it, it was possible to vote in uh, regional elections or the parliamentary elections ah, yeah, and, and and also eu, EU parliament elections so the the higher number was or the higher ratio was in the european parliament elections okay perfect and uh, but actually exactly on this point of the turnout of the online turnout do you think that at this point there is... I mean, we've seen the numbers of the online turnout increase, of course, uh, election on election. Uh, but at the same time, do you think that there would be... that there is some sort of a cap, let's say, for uh, how many people would actually vote using online tools? Of course, I'm not saying... That, I mean, I think it's a bit uh, impossible, let's say, to expect that 100% of the voters would vote online, but even 90%. So do you think that there is like a certain cap that has been maybe reached yet? Well, the really, really important factor to understand here that internet voting is just one of many different voting methods. 
or from the very beginning, it, it has been reiterated that it is just one possibility for the voter, and the voter chooses what kind of um, method they use. So paper voting is not going anywhere. It, it, it's, uh, it has been there, and, and it will stay there. So now the question about uh, how many uh, voters should or will vote electronically, it's really, really hard to say. It depends on so many different things. We saw the absolute number also uh, showing a record uh, numbers uh, this time, uh, and this could have a lot of reasons. For example, we had the pan pandemic going on. So m most likely a lot of people actually switched from going to the uh, polling station, also uh, voting from home. We also saw uh, uh, going down of, of the numbers of uh, home voters. Those people who uh, order their, their ballot box at home, this number was also uh, uh, smaller than, than last time. So most likely also some of those people switched to that. But as a former election organizer, uh, it's really, really difficult for me to say which way people should vote. They do this um, based on their uh, habits, their customs. Uh, we know from research that internet voting is a very sticky uh, voting method, let's call it like that. If you vote once, you keep on voting. So that could also mean that 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 this uh, uh, e-voting uh, re in in states uh, itself every time people use it. So it it, it's, it depends on the circumstances, on the context, and I, I think we should never um, try to uh, force people to use one or an another vote. I'm totally content and happy that we had so many voters as we had uh, this time. You're actually speaking, fun fact, to someone who has voted online at the last at the last elections, but this elections actually went to a polling station just mm -hmm. because I wanted to see how it was an Estonian polling station because I had never been there. Uh, so um, um, in this sense, since we talked about like that, there are about the fact that there are many variables that intervene, let's say, in determining why someone would decide to vote online, then. Uh, rather than the circumstantial ones, let's say, let's focus on the socio-demographic ones. So, for example, uh, who is the average internet voter, let's say? Uh, I, I would not actually say anything on that anymore, because also the research uh, that has been really, really long already, as, as we all see, the, the timeline of e e or this elect electronic voting or internet voting uh, uh, instances is so long, and we have seen that, yes, we can say the first three, four instances of, of internet voting who the voter is, but after that, the dissemination effect uh, uh, starts that it disseminates in the electorate. We cannot say that the I voter is anyhow different than the normal voter. So they are almost the same, they have the same social democratic profile. We cannot say that the intent voter is somehow different. So yes, those same things that can be said to a paper voter can be said also to an, uh, an intent voter that yes, there's a bit more women voting everywhere. Uh, also in internet voting, the, the, the same in, uh, uh, in in traditional voting, and 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 we, when we look at the age brackets or, or the, the age groups, those people who actually do a lot of e-services also uh, online, that that group is also the most active here. So it has a lot to do with everyday uh, e-services that the government uh, government offers, that the uh, the private sector offers. Banking, for example, is a really really strong enabler of, of e 
e-services and bringing people to use their e-identity. So I, I can't say anything special about the e-voter. But could we say something instead about the, um, the geographical location or like the population density, for example, of uh, where i-voting is used more? For example, is there a divide or like a difference between urban and rural areas? Again, this used to be the case in, in, in the first instances when indeed there, there were more people uh, who, who were uh, living in cities were, were, were voting there, but the number was also really low. As you already said, uh, that the, uh, the, the uptake uh, took, t- took time. Uh, we had maybe less than 2% of only uh, people uh, taking part in, in, in this election mode in the very beginning. Now we, have, we are nearly half of people taking part. This growth actually has uh, lost any uh, distinction of, of the voting also in the urban or rural, um, uh, let, let's say, parts. Okay, so we talked about the, we addressed the voters side, let's say. Let's talk about the candidate side uh, of the equation, meaning... Um, what are the um, attitudes today towards internet voting from the side of candidates, meaning, uh, of course, yes, uh, iVoting has been in place in Estonia for the past like 16 years, so uh, the, um, so it's not, it's not news anymore, as we said, but at the same time, not everyone is cool with internet voting, let's say. So uh, um, is there any difference in attitudes between the parties, even without mentioning them specifically, but just mm-hmm. saying exactly like, for example, uh, more, like more precisely what, uh, like why, for example, these attitudes differ? Well, um, what... Or how? Yeah, they, w- what's important here to understand is that uh, although in, in Estonia there has always been a majority of, of support towards internet voting, there has always been some political movement or party that that actually is negatively inclined or or is a bit skeptical towards that and it it has a lot of reasons and mainly it's uh, their political bargaining uh, or what's um, more um, let's say what what favors more positively in their sense uh, uh, from taking from their electorate and a lot uh, of this has also uh, to do with the overall situation we are currently in 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 the election management uh, logic uh, when you look at the united states elections for example in 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 2016 in in uh, in 2020 what was the most defining factor there it was the skepticism towards uh, election organization or uh, organizing elections and this has brought some voter groups out. This has created some divide. This has created a conflict. And unfortunately, conflict sells. So in, in that matter, also some political parties take advantage of this conflict by um, also opposing some voting methods or, or, or also criticizing the, the, voter or the voting organization in, in, in that matter. So we, we, we can say that all, all these 15 plus years we have had a majority behind the idea, but there's always somebody who uh, tends to uh, be a bit critical. Uh, conflict sells, but I would also say that uh, when it comes to elections, like conflict is necessary after all for exactly. the correct like functioning exactly. of the of democracy in that sense. But rather the point that mm, that maybe defines better whether this conflict is healthy or not, let's say, is the fact that maybe is this this conflict that sells no? when it comes to internet voting and opposing maybe eventually internet voting is it. 
is it maybe like um, how to say fishing from a certain distrust towards the use of technology towards institutions or uh, there are actually technical points that are being made about it you are completely right when we look at service uh, that, that that have been done over the years uh, in many instances, all those people who uh, are a bit uh, who mistrust or, or, or are opposing uh, this uh, way of voting also are not so keen on e-governance as such, not so keen on the on 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 the government, let's say. And it has a lot to do with trust, uh, as you already said. Trust is the key element here. And when you do not trust uh, the e-way of doing things, e-services as such, you also tend to not trust uh, uh, e-elections. Uh, so I think this has a lot of correlation here. Not so much the technical specialities, because one factor also, we, what we have to understand with internet voting is that it's hard to understand or difficult to understand compared to paper voting. Paper voting is uh, uh, in, in, in intuitive. You, you, you understand what happens with papers, but you always have some kind of... Uh, you, 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 you hold yourself back with understanding what's happening uh, there. That's why the state selection office also before every election organizes special crash courses for observers, for example. There are observers present at, at all the, uh, the, the key elements uh, in, in the process of, of electronic voting. And also there, there are auditors present everywhere. So to, just to try to make it as tran transparent as possible, but for the, for the voter, the, the voter who does not want to understand it, it's, it's much harder to actually um, grasp the, the, the ideas there. People also can qualify to be election observers, right? Not just for the classic ballot paper process, but also for internet exactly. voting. Exactly. So Every, this, everybody can come. Yeah. yeah. So this is like another way to potentially, like I don't know, uh, increase the trust towards the use Absolutely. of technology in this Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And uh, maybe the uh, the sociological note that I would add to that is that maybe some like we are led to think that mostly, and also to see that mostly it's maybe like uh, radical conservative voters maybe who tend to be uh, a bit more uh, iffy about the use of technology in voting, but at the same time that could also happen with more libertarian voters, for okay. example. So indeed, it's a, uh, the issue of trust is such a, like a cross-sectional uh, in that sense uh, topic that then the question that comes automatic from that is how can we... like. Trust seems to be, in any case, of course, like a necessary component for the correct functioning of the internet voting, rather than the technical aspects. But this applies to almost everything in e-governance, after all, uh, in a way, uh, and the trust in institutions. So how can we increase the trust towards i-voting? I would say not just in Estonia, let's not stick to the Estonian example, considering that it's a quite successful story so far. So in general, for example, what are these prerequisites or like these uh, determining factors that could make mm -hmm. internet voting a success? Um, I think in the Estonian case specifically, uh, we have to see it more as a complex issue. Uh, yes, we always, well, the, the state selection office, I'm, I'm not part of that anymore, I, I always say we, but uh, yeah. Uh, you can the, keep saying uh, we. Yeah. <laughs> the state selection office um, uh, is... Uh, 
um, updating current uh, before every election the the system the, the, there's a constant um, that's a process to to be ahead of potential risks to mitigate potential risks that there are so this constant work with the solution is, is, is certainly one important factor to to actually provide also the technical uh, well possibilities to uh, uh, to mitigate the risk because 100% secure systems do not exist. So you, you have to accept some risks and, or, or take alternative uh, measures uh, to, uh, to minimize them. But when we talk about also other factors there, for example, individual verifiability, that, that, that it is possible actually for the voter to check with a smart device uh, how the, the vote that they gave from the computer actually arrived in, in, in the central server or the, or the e-earn, uh, let's say, uh, of elections. So they, they can call back the, uh, the, uh, the vote to, uh, to their smartphone screen and right after they have voted uh, just to ha have a look how it was was received by, by the system. So this is also one, one important element. Also that it, it is, uh, or the data auditing elements were added uh, a couple of years ago in, in 2017 to, uh, to the uh, voting system. Also, this makes it possible mathematically to prove that all those votes that were accepted, all those votes were also counted. Nothing was added, taken away or, uh, or changed there. So a lot of these technical elements, the procedural elements, uh, factor here in but I would actually emphasize the overall trust into the e-governance system. I think that is the most important uh, trust building factor here. When the, the voter is content or, or, or is, is trusting the, the e-government system as such, he, he or she also tends to, uh, to use internet voting more, uh, more often or tends to trust also this possibility. So we might even call it a bit blind trust because it, it's really hard to actually put uh, the, the finger on, on anything specific on, on this trust, but it has a lot of roots also in the general trust in, in, into the e-governance system as such. Yeah, I think it's good to uh, even put more emphasis on the E when it comes to government in this sense, considering that you don't necessarily, like, it's maybe it's not as much the trust in the political parties or the um, the, the government, the, I don't, the ruling government itself, let's say, that is necessary for that, but indeed in the architecture of how the services work digitally mm -hmm. in a certain country. By, made by a certain government, let's say. And if, if, if I may add, I think one really, really important factor here, especially in Estonia, is the e-identity. Because if the, the people actually uh, trust the, the remote way of authenticating yourself, giving these digital signatures and, and, and all of this, this also builds a lot of this, uh, this trust here. And uh, in terms of, since we mentioned the American example, uh, the example of the US, uh, or better, the case of the U.S., then, uh, mm, I mean, one distinction that, for example, I had to uh, mention quite a lot also when speaking to foreign journalists, for example, wanting to know more about the internet voting in Estonia is that internet voting and electronic voting are two different things, okay. uh, which also leads us to another question, which is how has the experience of other countries in implementing electronic or internet voting been, and how do the two compare, let's say, against each other. Yeah, it, you are totally right that we have to make a distinction here between I and E voting. Uh, we here in Estonia use them intermittently that uh, in, in, the, in the law, for example, we talk of electronic voting, but only in the Estonian case and, and, and 
we, we, we try to be as concise and, and, and talk about the internet voting elsewhere because electronic voting actually refers to uh, all these uh, machines, uh, these kiosks, the, the, these uh, uh, like uh, direct recording machines uh, in, 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 in the polling stations. But have we ever had electronic machines in polling stations? No, in, in Estonia we haven't had. So but that's why in, in the Estonian language we always talk about electronic voting. So it, it, it's really hard to, to yeah, mix, them up, uh, yeah. Yeah, mix them up out, uh, outside of, of Estonia. But yeah, it, there are some countries that have also experimented with internet voting. Um, the, the longest, of course, Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland stopped their process, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. But are really in the process of re- restarting again with a, di- a, a bit different, technically different system. So I think they are really the front runners uh, uh, with us in, in, in this process. And, and they also use it really often because they they, they have referendums at least four times a year, uh, all over the country, of course, in, on Canton level, uh, even more often. Uh, and Norway, for example, had in 2011 and 2013 had also uh, pilots of, of, of uh, internet voting, but unfortunately also stopped this. I think mainly for political reasons, but 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 also uh, maybe uh, are coming back to the, the, the scene here. We can talk also about Australia, about um, Canada, for example, um, in some uh, cases also there in states, on, on state level, West Virginia, for example, tried out uh, mobile phone voting uh, in, in for, for some voters uh, last time. And, and, and there are also some uh, Asian countries, Pakistan, for example, is, is trying to implement something there, uh, or, or some states in, in India. So it, 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 it is an idea that is, uh, it is there, has been there all, all the time. The pandemic situation has brought it up again, uh, and it, it has really, really regained its um, let's say popularity in, in these discussions uh, over the uh, the couple uh, last years. But really, really important to emphasize here, things that are possible in Estonia or were possible in Estonia are really, really hard to replicate outside of Estonia because we were in a quite unique situation at the beginning of the 2000s when we started this, uh, this process. It was a different time back then. It, it, it was uh, literally it was a Eldorado of e-services at, at that point. Everybody's tried to out something, and in, in Estonia it just stuck because we had e-identity. We had we had the uh, the let's say context to uh, to have it, and and it's really really hard to actually restart anything like that at this point because the security situation has changed such cybersecurity threats and fears of, of the voters have changed so uh, it, it's really really hard to actually copy something that that we have had elsewhere when when, when we talk about the machine voting or, or the electronic voting in uh, in polling station this has had unfortunately also its setbacks uh, in, in in many countries of course uh, the main benefit of, of electronic voting in police station is in larger countries when you have a lots of questions for example or you have a lots of people to uh, to actually service uh, so in those larger countries for example Brazil use, uses a lot of electronic voting for example or uh, or in the United States of course uh, uh, they also use that so unfortunately uh, some of these negative um, news, from this field, have also well, reached uh, in, in the internet voting field and bring a bit uh, down the uh, the, the uh, positive effects of internet voting because people do not make the 
the distinction between electronic voting and internet voting. So you're completely right that also electronic voting, uh, negative things happening in, in the world of electronic voting have an impact in internet voting world. But then, uh, even though it would not be possible, if, of course, like to copy the solution as it is, then, uh, for example, if, uh, if another government in another, in another country would like to implement internet voting, we already mentioned some of the... Uh, some of the prerequisites, let's say, that need to be in place for that to happen. But then if we were to do really telegraphically a recap of what are these prerequisites, what, are, what, what, what does the recipe look like? So um, as far as uh, Estonia goes, in internet voting uh, relies heavily, heavily and, and mainly on identity on a, a trustworthy uh, e-identity remote way of knowing who the person behind the screen is. So I think this is the main main um, uh, uh, like need here, or the, the, the main prerequisite that you have to have some form. It doesn't have to be uh, a ID card like we have here in Estonia, but it has to be a trustworthy way uh, that also the government or the, the state trusts and, and the, the, the voter trust uh, way of actually uh, doing this. In, in Estonia, the banks, for example, helped a lot to build this trust into the EID as such because the banks favored a lot of this stronger, um, uh, better uh, protected EID system. So people started to use it and now they're, they're using it also in, in other services. And maybe the second thing here to emphasize is that internet voting should never be the first e-governance uh, solution or, or some way of, uh, of communicating with, with the citizens. It always should be an advanced or like I say, an intermediate advanced uh, uh, solution. So always start with simpler, more uh, easy to implement and more necessary e-services and then think about uh, uh, e, -e elections as such uh, so it, it e-election should never uh, enter a system uh, less uh, e-capable as, 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 as it is right now so uh, I think these two factors are really really important to uh, emphasize here. Pete Winkelt thanks for joining us today in this episode of the podcast. Thank you. So that's it from me and uh, to all our audience I hope you enjoyed the discussion and uh, tune in to the next episode of the Digital Government Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday. <laughs>